say a couple things about those girls. Tina's doing a great job with our printing ministry. And um, they just did fantastic. But also, like, I'm learning that they've been praying for me. And I think if that's who's praying for me, I'm going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, church? If that's who's praying for me, I'm going to be okay. I am okay. God's got me. Um, we stand today, December 18th, one month to the date um, when I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer on November 18th. And so we're 30 days in, and it feels like it's been a year, and some days a month, and some months a year. But um, we stand today telling a little bit of a different story. Hallelujah. Some of you may not um, see my Facebook post or get our church emails, but as I said, um, on November 18th, I was diagnosed with um, colorectal cancer. Come to find out it was diagnosed as lower rectal cancer. Um, my other son, who's not here tonight, he lives in West Virginia, said, I just tell people it's colon. I don't want them thinking about your bottle. <laughs> but it was. It was lower rectal cancer at the time. And um, and it was, it, was, it was tough because it's a very different story than what we're standing in today, which I'll tell you in a second. But, um, and we were looking at 2022, basically, of treatment and um, surgeries and reversals for my body to heal and things that would have to be rerouted. And um, CT showed that it was in a certain area and I had an MRI not too long ago and um, the tumor is in a different location. It's higher than they thought, which is a completely different narrative. Anybody that's in the medical field knows this is a completely different story. And so um, a tumor board met on my behalf on Friday, and they decided that they're not going to start with radiation. They're going to go with surgery first and get this tumor out of there. Evacuate the premises. Amen. <laughs> And um, just after I was diagnosed, and it was Thanksgiving, and when I came back from Thanksgiving, I was preaching the next week after we gave me the information, and my feet, my shoe was bothering me, and I took my shoes off here on stage, and I felt like the Lord was saying, preach barefooted until it's over. And so whether this is a month or a year, I don't know, but you get this until it's over, okay? This is what we're doing. Here's the deal. I'm on holy ground, and I don't want to miss one ounce of it. I want it to just come right on through my feet, Lord. We're, we're seeing the glory of the Lord, and we're going to continue to. We believe that we're in the middle of a miracle. We don't believe he's done yet. And so we're going to live in that confidence, that hope that he's not done. I do want this tumor out. So if you could pray with us that this surgery can happen as soon as possible, although his timing has been perfect thus far, we're not going to question him now. Okay, so, but he's got me, but let's get the start of this tumor out. <laughs> so tonight we're finalizing our sermon series for the Advent season, and it's called Hope Has a Name. And I'm so excited to jump into this message. I was putting slides together at 5.45 this morning in my bed, and I was crying. So it's going to be a journey for me up here. I just want you to know. But um, Hope Has a Name. Emmanuel, he's God with us. And he has been with us, and he is with us, and he is with you, and we are so thankful. And this comes from the passage, what well, comes from multiple passages in 
the Word of God, Old Testament and New, but this is the one we're using, Matthew 1, 23 specifically. And they will call him Emmanuel, which, which means God with us. If you'll hold that on the screen right there. The reason I put 21 through 23 is because in verse 21, an angel of the Lord visits Joseph. And he tells Joseph that there's going to be a child birth to Mary. And you will name him Jesus. And then it says, and they will call him Emmanuel. You see, his name is Jesus. But the truth is he has many names, right? And they call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Son of God with us. And I really missed the cross up here tonight because I've kind of gone and hung on it a couple of times because it's kept me standing. But, you know, it's how I fight my battles. But here's the deal. The strength that it took to overcome the cross is what is with us. Do you understand? When we talk about God with us, we kind of just think of his supreme being, being with us, and we have that. So don't miss that. But what that comes with is all of his power, all of his mind, all of his love, all of his grace, all of his mercy. You see, it's not stored up in heaven, separated from you. When Jesus came, his name is Jesus, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So all that he is came to earth as the Christ child. And that was God saying, I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want there to be no way. I want to send you the way. And his name is Jesus, and we call him Emmanuel. You will see in different translations and in different verses, it says, and his name shall be. And what they're saying is, this is what we're calling him. You with me? So you'll see that. Don't be confused. His name is Jesus. But we know we have many names for him, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. But the biblical definition for hope, I'm going to share that with you tonight. And so here's the deal. Hope is commonly used to mean a wish. Its strength is the strength of the person's desire. So I really want those fuzzy socks for Christmas. I mean, that wasn't like prophetic. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, but I do like fuzzy socks. And, um, but I really want though, and I'm hoping that I can get those buzzes up, you know, name it, fill in the blank. And so all of a sudden my hope comes from my deep desire of what I want. And the strength of my hope comes from how deep the desire of that thing that I want is. But, I love the word but, don't you? In the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is in his faithfulness. Don't you love that? Get your phones out. Take a picture of this, y'all. Keep your phones out. I'm just saying. Get a picture of this. Do you see the flip of the script from the strength of what I want to the strength of who he is and what he promises and what he has done? All of a sudden, I have great hope. Trust me. I want cancer gone. I hope it's over. But I'm going to tell you this. There's been some days where it's been low and hard. Well, not a whole day. There was one whole day last Sunday. One whole day that was really low and really hard. Most of the time it was moments. And in those moments, you, you, it's not that you lose your grip on hope. You just lose your strength. I know you know what I mean. It does not take cancer to get there. Anyone ever lost their strength? And then you find yourself kind of losing your grip on hope a little bit? Well, but see, when we place our hope 
and the strength of his faithfulness, even when it's low and even when it's hard, we have this beautiful thing called a remote control. And we can just change the channels of our thinking and be reminded, oh no, the channel I'm fixed on is his faithfulness. And it might have switched there for a second, but I'm going back to that. You need a holy remote to remember his promises and the strength of his faithfulness because it can get hard and we can lose our grip and we can lose our strength. But when we click back to the hope of the one, we can find our confidence. I love the word confident expectation of what God has promised. And I can tell you this, he promised to be with me all the way through. So hope has a name. Listen to this. We're going to go to Matthew 1, 21, like I was saying earlier. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then in verse 22, it gives a shout out to the prophet Isaiah, because he prophesied about Jesus coming and, and calling him Emmanuel and all of that. And then it says, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then we're going to go back to Isaiah now. We're going to go back and give Isaiah another shout out right now. The prophetic thinking here and speaking. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Right now what we have is we have that his name will be Jesus. He'll be called Emmanuel. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But here's some names I've given him. Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, mighty God, waymaker, to remember, <laughs> a savior with many names. I know you have some of your own. Promise keeper. I mean, come on, we could, we could all shout out some of the names that he has been for us because hope has a name. And hope has a story. What started in a manger? Ended in an empty grave. Oh, church. When the hope of the world came, it had been a very long season of darkness in the world. A very long season. And when Jesus was born, it had been prophesied years and years and years ago. And when he was born, and people that held on to the hope that he would come, and the prophecy would be fulfilled when that when he was born in a manger and all of the things that Jesus, all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, impossible. But nothing's impossible with God, amen? And he was born in a feeding trough. He was placed in a feeding trough. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Bread of life. Oh, that's not even, but here's the deal. It started a manger. The space between the manger and the cross is vast. It's 33 years of incredible activity, supernatural activity of God with us. The evidence that God is with us in, in Jesus, that he is the son of God. You know what's funny is his first miracle was at a wedding. The first one we know about was at a wedding. But it was prompted by his mother. And so we know that she knew he did miracles. 
we know that she knew who he was. Well, she knew from the get-go before he was placed in her womb, but we know that she knew that he did miracles. You see, his miracle-working way started long before we get to see the narrative of it. His mother already knew, and then his ministry. And you know what's cool is that Jesus wanted to be obedient to the Father in all ways, A-L-L, in all ways. And he went to John the Baptist and he asked him, will you baptize me? And we're having a baptism later. Yeah. And I remember saying to one of our baptisees that you want to be more like Christ and you're taking the step. And Jesus really did. He took the proper steps at the proper time all the way through. And we see it spelled out in scripture. Please read the story of Jesus' life. And he had an incredible ministry. And we know that he worked wonders and miracles and he gathered disciples and following and people that we were never told about that were following his ministry and going with him, changing lives, setting people free. His whole ministry, not very long, but world-changing. Earth-shattering, world-changing, life-changing for you and me. And his life on earth may have ended at the cross, but that's where ours began. You see, hope has a story. The strength that it took to overcome the grave lives in us. From the cross to the grave for three days, and then he rose again. I'm gonna tell you right now, if we can't see hope in the story of after the darkness, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes that we were promised, a life of miracles and a life of ministry that wasn't easy, by the way, but he did it anyway, and he stayed obedient all the way through, even to death on a cross, and three days in the grave, he said, never mind. And he overcame the grave, and he ascended into heaven, and he's coming back for us. And if you have Jesus in your heart, what you have inside of you is the same power that raised him from the grave. If that doesn't bring you hope, I don't know what will. What will. You see, hope has a story. I love that story. So hope has a name and hope has a story. Guess what? Your hope has a name. Let's look at those names again. Emmanuel, God with us. So here's what I want you to do. Get your phone out. Take a picture. I'm going to read these scriptures to you again. And then we're going to talk about this because here's the deal. One of these names that he's given, one of these titles that he's been called, that he was prophesied to be called, you need right now in your life. Right now, one of you just needs to know that he's near, that he's with you. Right now, somebody is needing some counsel. Right now, somebody needs a little might, a might. Right now, someone just needs to know that he's not going to leave. Right now, one of you need some peace. Emmanuel, God with us. We've read it already. Wonderful Counselor. Psalm 32:8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. 
We also hear, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is your wonderful counselor. Do you hear that? Your, his loving eye will be on you. Mighty God, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, so this is Jesus. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made, Jesus. In him was life. That life was the light of all mankind. Listen to this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That is a mighty God. And listen to this. So the mighty God in like Hebrew means Gabor, not Jaja Gabor, Gabor, G-I-B-B-O-R. So what we see in mighty God is El Gabor. Listen to this. Mighty is a translation of the Hebrew Gabor, Hebrew word Gabor, which is defined as, ready? Strength, power, hero, warrior. So when you say mighty God in Isaiah 9, 6, or in another part of the word of God, it tells us that Jesus is El Gabor, the God of strength, the God of power, God our hero, and God our warrior. If you are needing strength, if you are needing power, if you are needing a hero, if you are needing a warrior, you need a mighty God. Just reach up and grab it. Emmanuel, is that what you need? God with us? Anybody need a counselor right now? Reach up and grab it. Turn to these passages of scripture in your own devotional time this week. Everlasting Father. Listen to this. Hebrews 13, 8. Simple. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one that drew you to himself and that you gave your life to, or the one that you know is so, so gentle with you and so kind with you, is the same one that sits with you today in the midst of your mess. Those of you that feel like you're not good enough or you're not worthy, he's the same gentle savior. He's the same loving God. He's the everlasting father that won't leave. Some of us have experienced abandonment at great lengths. He's the everlasting father. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just reach up and grab that as it comes out of your way. If that's for you. And Prince of Peace, John 14, 27. Jesus says this. Peace I leave with you. Listen to this. My peace I give you. Jesus said that. My peace. I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Who needs the Prince of Peace? Just grab it tonight. As the word goes out, reach up and grab it. Your hope has a name and your hope has a story. The same relief that came over those that knew the prophetic word of God that Jesus was the Messiah when he was born, the same relief that came over the people that were in the fields that night 
is washing over you right now. Let it. Receive it. He is your hope. His name is Jesus. The same strength I mentioned it takes to go to the cross. Choose it. He could have come down. They didn't murder him. He laid down his life for us. You were worth it to him. Listen to me. You were worth it to him. You can put your hope in him. He gave his life for you. And he wanted to. It was hard, but he stayed there on the cross. And he overcame the grave. And like I said, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. Your hope has a triumphant story, my friends. My hope has a name. These are some of the names that I call him. You know I love the all caps Lord. You know it. Here he's referring. You know I love the all caps Lord. You know I do. Because what does it mean? He's the right here, right now God. Right? He talks about this. Right? Yahweh. The personal, relational, right here, right now God. Is when you see the word L-O-R-D in all caps. And so this is a name that I call him. And when I say it, it's all caps. He's my all caps God because he is right here, right now. And he was there and he'll be there and he's here. Hallelujah. And he has shown himself so near. Last year with COVID and this year with cancer. If there's any other C words, can we just cancel those? Any medical doctors in the house? Any people that work for Webster Dictionary? Can we just take those out of the dictionary? But he's Emmanuel. God with us. And he's my rock. And my salvation. He's my song. You know me. I love to sing. And I always seem to have a song on my heart. It's rare that I don't. But he's my song. And he's my victory. Even when it feels like I'm losing. He's my victory. Jaira. He's my provider. Great is thy faithfulness is my favorite hymn of all time. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Who can testify to that tonight? Yes, yes. And he's my Jehovah Rapha. Please forget my random cue there. <laughs> my Jehovah Rapha. My healer. The Lord, my healer. Here's what I know. I don't know what methods he will use, but I know where healing comes from. I know who the healer is. And I can trust the process because I know who ordains it. A man can plan his ways, but the Lord determines his steps. And he's my Jehovah, Rapha. My hope has a name. And my hope has a story. In October, I shared with you guys... Um, about the lady with the issue of blood out of Luke 8. And we talked about how she was in such despair and how she was so sick and she tried everything. And we talked about her and how, and I said, and I don't know disease, but I know discouragement. Remember that? 
Well, now I know disease. But you know what's interesting? It's some of the same methods. Because I remember being over there, I'm gonna stay here, and I remember being on my knees telling you and maybe just kind of showing you how she would have been in her life. You see, she had reached for doctors. She had reached for experts. She had reached for anyone that had any wisdom for her sickness. She had reached, and she had reached deep into her pocket. She had spent all of her money, and she had an issue of blood for 12 years, and nothing helped her. No one's wisdom, no one's medication, nothing helped her. And she had been at her wit's end, and she was an outcast at this point for 12 years. Nothing, no amount of reach seemed to help. But she decided when she heard that Jesus was passing by, that if she could just muster up enough strength to go out there and show her outcast self, that's not who she was. That's how she was treated. But that's not who she was. But show herself if she could just reach the hem of his garment, that she would be healed. And she found enough strength in her bones because remember she put her strength in his faithfulness, which was even greater than her desire. And she found just enough to reach. And she reached the hem of his garment. She couldn't even reach him. She had to reach the hem of his garment. And I know disease now. And I know what it means to feel like you've reached. And you've reached. <laughs> And you've reached, and you've prayed, and I feel like right now, because I have about 500 or more people helping me reach, that I had just enough reach for something to change in my body. And the same strength that it took me to reach one more time for you guys to say, Marcia, keep reaching. We believe in a God that heals. And I reached, and then those same hands that reached on Friday went straight up in the air. And they're here right now. They're kind of here sometimes because I want this to work out of me. But I want you to hear me. That no matter what this journey looks like, I'm going to keep reaching. Because I know where the power comes from. And I remember last Sunday, I felt sick. Which is a really good miracle because I haven't felt sick much. But I felt sick. I've had symptoms. But I didn't feel sick. And last Sunday, I felt sick. I was very, very not well last Sunday, and I had been incredibly tired this week. But I got up on Monday morning, and I decided, all right, 
how I trust you. And I did not let go of the hem of that garment. And we went to that radiation oncology appointment, and it was there that we found out that something has changed in my body. And that there might be options for my treatment. And we walked out of that doctor's appointment. I was jumping, and I was smiling, and I was, we were celebrating, and we found out also that there was zero signs of metastasis. <laughs> Which is, I'm but I want you to know I'm going to keep reaching. Because I know a Savior who has a lot of names. And right now, one of them is tumor mover. And right now, one of them is strength. But you listen to me. This is the passage that God's given me. That I can rest in God alone, my soul. For my reach, my hope, comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. You see, when it tells, when the archangel tells Joseph, that you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You listen to me. When Jesus saw the woman with the issue of blood and he felt that power leave him and he knew it was her, he knew it was because of faith that she reached him, and he said to her, your faith has healed you, now go in peace. What he was saying to her, what he cleansed her of, in some translations you see, you have been made clean. What had been made clean was her soul and her body. You see, Jesus doesn't come just to say, well, let me touch that disease. And while he does, and we're thankful that he can do that, and he can move a tumor, you know what he says? I see your soul. And I'm going to tell you this right now. He's renewed my soul. He has. I thought about getting baptized Tuesday with all those women. I'm like, listen, wash me clean, Lord. Did you hear about the outbreak of baptisms at my house on Tuesday? Only God. But listen, you are to name him Jesus. And we have a lot of names for him, but here's his name. Jesus. You see, Jesus was the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a wives' tale. It's not something fun that we like to read at Christmas. It's real. He's real. Jesus died and rose again. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is the living water and the bread of life. Jesus is the rock on which to build our lives on. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is my victory. Jesus is the very hope we reach for when our lives, our hearts, and our minds are broken. Jesus loves me, this I know. And I'm here to tell you that what? No matter what happens, I will keep reaching for Jesus. No matter what, I will keep reaching for Jesus. Emmanuel, 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace? What's the hope that you need? Well, his name is Jesus. Hope does have a name. It's Jesus. As our young adult worship team comes forward, we're going to sing this song called I Speak Jesus. Because here's the deal. People ask me, how are you doing? What can I do? And I don't really know. I don't know how I'm doing sometimes, and I don't know what you can do. But one of the my prayers this whole time is that first of all, God would be glorified. But second of all, souls would come to Christ. If my hope in Jesus can inspire you to know him, then let it be. Do you know him? Is he your rock in your salvation? Is he the very hope that you cling to? Is he the very strength in your bones giving you just enough gusto to reach a little further? It's not just cancer that brings us to a breaking point, friends. But it's the very life of Christ in us that gives us all that we need to reach a little further with hope, believing can change my story. Yes. He can. I don't know what it will look like when Jesus comes on the scene. But I, I speak Jesus. I want to find out, don't you? What would happen if you invited him into your marriage? If you invited him into your home, if you invited him into your daily routine, into that addiction, into that stronghold, what would happen if you invited him into your finances? What would happen if you invited him into your decisions? What if you spoke Jesus over your circumstances? I speak Jesus. Sometimes things change, sometimes they don't. But I can tell you this, I've changed. When I speak Jesus, it changes me. And it gives me hope and just enough strength to keep reaching. Tonight, as they sing these next couple songs, you may feel inspired to just stand and worship right where you are. Or you may feel inspired to come and kneel and reach a little further. No one will bother you. Just come and yell at the steps. Just you and God. If you would like one of us to pray with you, we'll be on the front row. But all of you, we've provided these beautiful rocks that have the word hope on them. And we want you to come get one. Because you need to be reminded that he's the rock in which we hope in which we stand on in every season. When the enemy wants to put us on our back, we stand on the rock that is higher than 
His name is Jesus. What do you need Him to be tonight? Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus.